0: We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. You know, marxism leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students. America first. You could put half of Trump's supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic. I am doing this training using um, my, I'm not using my Wi-Fi, I'm using my phone only, and so let me know if it's cutting out. Whenever I put these on the podcast, they're not choppy, so I can't tell, is it my internet, is it maybe y'all's internet, is it happening to everybody so, if um, you're having a rough time, <clears throat> rough time, can you please put in the comments uh, for me so that I can uh, get to the bottom of this? Um, I want to talk about a guy that was very influential in the uh, f- the thinking of this country post Revolutionary War, and he um, was a Frenchman. He was an economist. His name is Frederick Bossiat. And I love him because he would shed light on economic and political issues in a very witty fashion. He was a Frenchman, um, but he championed uh, free trade. Um, He believed governments possess no legitimate power apart or beyond protecting individual rights. Um, He also... um, is cited in a lot of school of economics of different countries. And uh, I wanted to read some of his thoughts. He has a book you can actually download for free that will kind of give you an, uh, an idea of his ideas and then some of the influences that we see in America. He was very much against socialism, and he recognized it as a flawed economy, which, by the way, socialism is capitalism is just a different form where there's a consolidation of wealth and power, Um, into certain people versus capitalism that allows anyone to build a business or develop a product or service that adds to the economy without as much regulation as possible is what true capitalism is. And here we have a country that's slowly been turning socialist and regulating um, things that they shouldn't. Now, he was born uh, June 30th, 1801, and I guess he only lived till December 24th. Uh, 1850 and he believed that God had given man the gift of life and that we are entrusted to its care and how we steward our life and the resources he gave us both internal uh, intellectual and personal and he felt that it was important that we support it that we develop it and that we perfect those things in our lives which I like he was definitely a person of excellence. He also said, personality, liberty, property, this is man. So the personality is the self, the individual, the unique you. Liberty is your right to do as you wish with what is yours. Now, see if this sounds familiar, as long as it does not infringe or harm the liberty of another. And and that's the, the defense against, well, I can just do whatever. No, it cannot harm or infringe on the rights of another, and liberty plus is uh, freedom plus morality. So there has to be some form of morality uh, that protects others from our liberty. And then property is that for which you have a legitimate claim of ownership through legal contract, your own labors, faculties, or by which of legal transfer to you as in a gift. And so it's any physical property uh, we have a right to, okay? And so again, if I'm breaking up, if I'm getting choppy, please let me know in the chat. He said, nature, or rather God, has bestowed upon every one of us the right to defend his person, his liberty, and his property, since these are the three constituent or preserving elements of life. For what are our fac- faculties but the extension of our personality? And what is property but an extension of our faculties? So he's one of the ones that agreed with the fact, and I think it was John Adams also wrote a paper on what is a pursuit of happiness, that our thought life, our mental faculties, uh, our opinions, etc., are all rights that are to be protected. And not infringed upon. Now, what's fascinating about Bastiat or Bastiat, is the Frenchman didn't believe in any of this. He came up with this stuff himself, and they had a revolution apart from God, and it killed hundreds of thousands, if not more. And he has these ideas of freedom, and it's obvious that he's a Christian based on his idea that God has given us these rights. So I like that. He also says that the law is the organization of the natural right of lawful defense. It is a substitution of collective for individual forces, the collective force doing doing only what the individuals have a natural and lawful right to do in order to secure persons, liberties, and properties, and to main e- maintain each and its rights so as to cause justice to reign over all. So what he's saying is that the law is a collective force to ensure that individuals do not infringe or harm the rights of others. And so justice is only maintained when we are not harmed by another person's right. So Obviously, murdering others isn't a right. Uh, Stealing from others is not a right. Um, That's not liberty at all. Uh, Taking someone else's spouse or child, uh, molesting children, these are not rights. And, you know, there's more and more um, people thinking that it's okay, that pedophilia should be legalized, that there's not two genders, that um, trans... uh, uh, Was it called uh, uh, transvestites or whatever dancing in lewd and pornographic manner is a right? No, they're not because they harm others and they're minus morality. So remember, liberty is freedom plus morality. It's always been that way, and it's not some outdated idea. So laws are supposed to protect us from people who would try to infringe or harm our rights to life, liberty and property. And notice the other day that Kamala put liberty and property. She didn't put life because they don't believe in babies living. Thus, as the force of an individual cannot lawfully touch the person, liberty, or the property of another individual, for the same reason the common force cannot lawfully be used to destroy the person, the liberty, or the property of individuals and classes. So what he's saying is, is that those who enforce the law or make the laws are not allowed to use that or their authority to harm or destroy people. And that's what tyrants do. That is why we fought for our freedom. And so he said, no, no, you cannot use the law to go after people. You cannot use your authority to go after people. And it's happening. It's happening in our country. And we're going to have to start making some noise, guys. I know we're very hesitant to um, buck the status quo and to be uncomfortable and um, to get vocal. And there's a real threat. I mean, the IRS can be sicked on you and all kinds of different things. You can be silenced. You can be um, politically incorrected, meaning you're, um, uh, what's the word where they, they, take you off all the social medias and stuff. I mean, those are very real possibilities. Um, But if we don't start saying and speaking out loud and loudly, uh, we're gonna lose our rights completely. I mean, does anybody else find it weird that there's been three objects shot down in 24 hours, or maybe a few days, but two in 24 hours? Does anybody find that strange? I find it very strange and I find it um, concerning that we're being invaded uh, by objects in the sky from hostile countries of which have paid Biden a lot of money. So we've got a government that believes they have the right to dictate to citizens what they do with their guns, what they do with their property, what they do with their body. You know, you have to get vaxxed or you're, you're out of work or whatever it is. That is not the original intent or how this country was ran. And Frederick um, would be just, I mean, shocked that we're at this point. He says, For who will dare say that force has been given to us not to defend our rights, but to annihilate the equal rights of our brethren? It's happening. If everyone enjoyed the free exercise of his faculties and the free distributions of their fruits, social progress would be incessant, uninterrupted, and, and invitable. And I love that quote. If here, here it is in a nutshell, if people would just leave us alone and let us build our businesses, uh, uh pay attention to our families, enjoy our families, uh, take care of our property, voice our opinions, our innovative ideas and creative ideas, uh, America would be unstoppable. But because of the fallen nature of man, you always have people that are um, power hungry and money hungry that don't like that because they can't control it and they can't centralize the money to come to them. The scariest thing is a free and independent people to these people. And it's sad because it'd be nice to just be able to go to work, take care of our families, Or build a business, take care of our families, whatever it looks like, not have all these regulations, not have all these fake doctrines of uh, climate uh, warming and change and all of that crap. And instead be like, you know what, we're just going to do what we do best. And that is use our faculties and um, exercise those and make America great. And that was his idea all the way back then. So then he talks about the perversion of the law, which is very interesting. He calls it a, sim, a, 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 a system of plunder, which he saw in his own country. Property, he defines as man's perpetual application of his faculties to objects or from labor. Plunder is man seizing and appropriating the productions of the faculties of his fellow man. Okay. Naked greed. And misconceived philanthropy were part of the system of plunder. You know, the misconceived uh, philanthropy is interesting because we have people like Bill Gates and uh, um, um, the guy that runs the platform that I'm on. I can't remember his name. That have oh, and Clintons. They were big on this. Um, they have these phil- philanthropic philanthropic um, organizations that are not for what they say they it's it's a power game and that's a system of plunder he said greed has placed a collective force in the service of those who wish to traffic without risk and without scruple in the persons the liberty and property of others it has converted plunder into a right that it may protect it and lawful defense into a crime that it may punish it Misconceived philanthropy is when a portion of wealth passes, now get this, out of the hand, hands of him who acquired it, so that be you and me, without his consent and without compensation to him who has not created it, whether by force or by artifice, I say that property is violated, at that Plunder is perpetuated. Nothing can enter the public treasury in favor of one citizen or one class, but what other citizens and other classes have been forced to send into it. He is saying, and all of our founding fathers believe this, that it is wrong. It is plunder. Misconceived philanthropy is plunder when you take what is ours and you give it to those who did not earn it. That's welfare. That's food stamps. That's housing. That's all of that. The government was never supposed to be in charge of that stuff. The church was supposed to be in charge of that stuff. And because we have not been, the government took it over. But it's also a way to begin to centralize and make people dependent on entitlements, which I don't remember which founding father it was, said that when that happens, the country's pretty much over. So it's a serious deal that was never supposed to happen. And the way it happens is people think, oh, yes, we do need to take care of the poor. Of course. And then they pass all these laws. And now people's Social Security that's supposed to go to them because they paid into it is going to everything else. And then it always happens with entitlements. That's just a normal thing. Labor uh, labor being in itself a pain and man being naturally inclined to avoid pain, it follows, and history proves it, that wherever plunder is less burdensome than labor, it prevails, and neither religion nor morality can, in the case, prevent it from prevailing. When does plunder cease then? When it becomes more burdensome and more dangerous than labor. It is very evident that the proper aim of the law is to oppose the fatal tendency to plunder with the powerful obstacles of collective force that all its measures should be in favor of property and against plunder. In other words, the plunder of taking our money and giving it to those who did not earn it is only going to end when that becomes more burdensome and painful for us and we begin to reverse it as we the people. The making of law is placed in the hands of the people, the legislature. Man suffering from the tendency toward plunder creates the most universal perversion of the law. People arise either put an end to plunder or take part in it, and that includes governments. Woe to the nation where the desire for legalized plunder prevails amongst the masses at the moment when they, in their turn, seize upon the legislative legislative power. In other words, When our government is ruled by people who believe in this legalized plunder, we're in trouble as a nation. Rather than abolish, they organize a system of reprisals against the other classes. Injustice in society, instead of being rooted out of it, is generalized. I mean, that's where now you've got people that throw fits and burn down buildings, etc., when they don't get... Um, what they want, but it's also a way to cause unrest because Marxists and socialists have a saying that order comes out of chaos, and the order that comes out of chaos is their socialized government. The distinction between justice and injustice is erased under legalized plunder. Power is concentrated in the political system and it is used as a tool for special interests, Slavery or chaos, no society can exist unless the laws are respected, but the safest way to make them respected is to make them respectable. There is in all of us a strong disposition to regard what is lawful as legitimate, so much so that many falsely derive all justice from the law. And that is so false. Not every law made is just and not every law made is righteous. So he says, it is sufficient then for the law to order and sanction plunder, but that it may appear to many consciences just and sacred. In other words, we got all these laws that make it legal for entitlements. And what he's saying is then that appears to people that are just as sacred. It appears like a good thing, and it's not. Negative versus positive force of law. He said law as a negative force. Uh, Force is used to deter certain actions. As a positive force, it's used to compel behavior. So when law in force keeps a man within the bounds of justice, they impose nothing upon him but a mere negation. They only oblige him to abstain from doing harm. They violate neither his personality, his property, nor his liberty. They only guard the personality, the liberty, and property of others. They hold themselves on the defensive, and they defend the equal rights of all justice excludes the idea of organizing by law or by force any manifestation whatever of human activity labor charity agricultural uh, ag- agriculture uh, commerce industry instruction the fine arts or religion for any of these organizings would inevitably destroy the essential organization so it's saying government is laws are not supposed to get involved in those areas. Now, did y'all hear those areas? I mean, think about all these alphabet agencies that they, that's what they do now. It's um, human activity, labor, charity, agriculture, commerce, industry, instruction, fine arts, or religion. I find that very interesting. Try to imagine a form of labor imposed by force that is not a violation of liberty. A transmission of wealth imposed by force that is not a violation of property. The law cannot organize labor and industry without organizing injustice. Pretends to realize the general good by general plunder is what these type of governments do. And nothing can enter the public treasury in favor of one citizen or one class, but what other citizens or other classes have been forced to send it. So again, entitlements, all of these things are a power move. They're a legal move for centralized government. And Frederick Bossiat back in the 1800s was saying these things are dangerous and they should not be allowed in a free nation. I really suggest his book. Again, it's free in PDF form. Your doctrine is only the half of my program. You have stopped at liberty. I go into fraternity. The second part of your program will destroy the first. True fraternity must be voluntary. It cannot be legally enforced without liberty being legally destroyed and justice legally trampled underfoot. Positive law substitutes the will of the legislature for the person's own will, the initiative of the legislature for the person's own initiative. It is not sufficient that it should guarantee to every citizen the free and inoffensive exercises of his faculties applied to his physical, intellectual, and moral development. It is required to extend well-being instruction, morality directly over a nation. These two missions of the law contradict each other. We must choose between them. Citizen cannot at the same time be free and not free. The law is not to cause justice to reign, but to prevent injustice from reigning. Now I want you to hear that. A citizen cannot be at the same time free and not free. And so entitlements are telling us we're not free. See whether the law takes from some persons that which belongs to them, To give to others what does not belong to them. See whether the law performs for the profit of one citizen into the injury of others an act that this citizen cannot perform without committing a crime. If that's the case, abolish that law without delay. The arrogance of rulers. um, We're almost uh, done. This is the final thought from uh, Frederick. They divide mankind into two parts, men in general except one, form the first, the politician himself forms the second, which is by far the most important. They begin by supposing that men are devoid of any principle of action and of any means of discernment in themselves. Every one of these politicians does not hesitate to assume that he himself is, under the names of organizer, discoverer, legislator, whose sublime mission it is to gather the scattered materials that is men into society. So just ponder those thoughts from Frederick Bastiat and see what you think about his ideas and the state of our country and where we're at and what needs to be done to basically save America. All right. Well, that's it as far as urgent education. I'm not sure if I'm going to have time to do the Daniel study and urgent education next week. I am going out of town, but it's going to be um, top priority. So hopefully I can. I didn't get caught up today, which is shocking. I haven't been caught up for weeks, maybe months. All right, so have a good weekend. Hopefully I get to see you guys next week. Small is the new big. God is shifting from the current church structure back to His original intent and design, the Ecclesia. The Ecclesia is the original word that was used when Jesus was described this training. Go to churchshift.me. That is churchshift.me.